0: This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management.
1: Brent and Chase Woolsey. Well, good morning and welcome to Smart Investing Show. I am Brent Woolsey and thank you for joining us this morning. I have been doing the Smart Investing Show here in San Diego on local radio for now. I'm going to start saying 28 years because it, it's uh, been, yeah, I think 28 years this October. So yeah, that is true. Now, if you have a fundamental uh, a question or want a fundamental analysis of a stock you own or looking at buying, selling or holding, please call in at 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. And as always, that I get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. Chase, good morning. Good morning. Got a lot to talk about. Uh, crazy week. We're, what, 11 or 10 days from the election, and uh, we got things we got to talk about that. Is that right? 10 days or 11 days?
2: Uh, Let's see. Well, seven would be... Thirty-first, so then, yeah, what, ten days. <laughs> ten <laughs> I, days. I think that's where we're at. 10, 11, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's coming up. <laughs> it's coming up quickly. Yeah. So,
1: you know, and people start get worried about the election. Like, oh, you know, I better, I better sell out, or I, I, you know, I'm worried and so forth. Let's talk about reasons why people should be worried. And let's talk about the first
2: one. That's a bad idea. And people think, I gotta go to cash. That's not a great idea. Well, it's not a great idea, and and the reason people do it is. Emotions, Yes. And, oh, it makes you feel better, but it, it's really the wrong thing to do here. And, and I mean, just kind of thinking through some ideas of, of why we're saying going to cash is a bad idea. And, you know, people, oh, Biden is such an idiot, and Trump, that guy, he's crazy. And there's all these feelings about the, the, the candidates that aren't really going to impact the stock market over the long term. Right. But number one, we say no matter who wins the election, there will be a reopening of the economy over the next four years. I'm confident the businesses that we own will be able to survive and witness that reopening. And you got to understand, too, what the
1: businesses are that you own and how they're going to react to either candidate. Uh, And and also, too, keep in mind, if a stimulus does not pass before the election, which now doesn't look like it's going to be possible, it's extremely likely there'll be a stimulus after the election. So okay, so it takes a week or two and c- perhaps if the market pulls back a little bit or and we need a couple buys this week on some great businesses, then you take advantage of that because you're not looking what's going to happen, you know, next week, next month and maybe maybe the wrong candidate gets in that you don't like, maybe the market drops 5 10%, well, you know what? It's not going to be that way forever and and one thing I think is is very wrong, I don't want to get political here but just real quick that People are focusing on the coronavirus uh, as far as the election goes. You know, that's not going to be here. At worst case scenario, it's going to be a year, but it's not going to be for four years. And and I just don't get the focus on the coronavirus. There's more important things like the economy and as we're talking about investing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's why, again, we look longer term and, and people are so short-sighted. And I always tell people, yes, one year, that is very short-sighted. I mean, what? one year, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it, especially during coronavirus. Gosh, one year feels like a long time. It feels like this year. I saw somebody do a post the other day. He's uh, it, like, gosh, 2020 has been the longest five years of my life. <laughs> I mean, it does <laughs> seem
1: longer. This year does seem a little <laughs> bit longer.
2: But the point is, is, you know, we're not looking what's going to happen in the next five months, not even the next 12 months. We want to look 18, 24, 36 months down the road when we're buying businesses and not get wrapped up in the short-sightedness because you are right. COVID, it could be around for another year. And I don't know, it could be around for another five ten years. I've heard people say it's going to be around forever. Well, you, you know, I read something the other day, the Spanish flu is still around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh what, a hundred years, you
1: know, so it will still be around, but will it be this major problem? I doubt
2: it. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe... 12 months from now, we're going to be still having these same concerns over locking down the economy. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see that happening. And, and that's why, again, we're looking at saying even under you know a Biden or a Trump presidency, the economy will shift and reopen and you have to be prepared to take advantage of that. And if you're sitting in cash, you're going to miss out on huge opportunities yep. there and people forget about the
1: compounding. Well, you know, I'll just get back in. If you look at the difference of buying a stock uh, say it was at at 10 and you said, "Well, I'm I'm not worried." I'm and then you buy back in at 12. The difference of compounding going from 12 to like 15 or 18 is a huge difference. you got just do the numbers sometime. I did that. It's amazing how much your return will drop. Of uh, just buying 20% later on something, you know, it, it, it just makes no
2: sense. Well, and also, you, a lot of the companies we buy are dividend-paying companies. So if you're yeah. sitting in cash, you miss out on those dividends. The other thing is, if you're in retirement pulling income out of the portfolio, well, now you're pulling out of a portfolio that's earning absolutely zero percent. So mm-hmm. that's going to hurt your long-term ability to withdraw from it. So you got to be very, very cautious there. And the final thing that that I look at too on that is, okay, you said if you buy it. 10, it's far more beneficial, of course, at 12 because of the compounding. Well, let's take a look here and say you didn't buy it at 10. It goes up <clears> to 12. Oh, now I'm going to wait until it goes back to 11. <laughs> right. Oh, now it's at 15. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to wait till it goes back down to 12. Now you start playing this guessing game of when do you get uh-huh. back in? If you're wrong on the election, you went to cash, and all of a sudden, after we saw Trump get elected in 2016, it spiked. And people did the same thing back then of, oh my gosh, I got to go to cash because Trump's a madman. And all of a sudden it spikes. Well, now, when do you get back in? Yes. You, you get into that game
1: of trying to, and you're so right, because it goes up a little bit. Well, it's got to come back down. And then it goes up even more. And eventually, you don't get back in, or you get so frustrated, you don't go back in at uh, 12. You go back in at 15 or 16, when the stock has lost most of the the, the uh, appreciation there. And the other thing to bring up, too, also, uh, if you buy the stock at 10 with a dividend payer, your yield will be higher. Then, if you buy the stock at 12 or you're crazy enough and buy it back at 15. You you, you don't, you cannot get into that. And the reason why we don't worry about it is that we, we own business in the portfolio, no matter who's in office, we, we still will consume and businesses will still find ways to make money. And, 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 and again, a lot of our companies, not a lot, but quite a few of our companies in portfolio, we've held for five, 10, maybe even 15 years. I mean, we've had them for a long time. And we've gone through what? What's that? Two elections now, I guess uh, we've gone through. It doesn't matter. Short term, yes, but if you're investing short term, go to, go to Vegas. You know, yeah, yeah you, you're not gonna make money investing trying to play the the game there. Let's talk about the other thing too that could happen. People say, yeah, but what if the election goes through? Uh, but what if it gets contested? Well, <laughs> and we're hearing that one too, and I'm not worried about that scenario either. I was reading an article this morning uh, pointing towards the election of 2000 saw results delayed for over. 30 days and stock during that time fell around 10%. Now, the other the thing we're talking about, and, and older people remember this, it was called the Hanging Chads. And uh, I, I think actually it went for quite a while. Al Gore was running and they're like, oh, we got these Hanging Chads. Did they really want to hit that
2: one? <laughs> Did they not want to hit that one? I, I remember that. I was, do you really? S- what, seven years old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it shows how big of a thing it was. Like, yeah. what's this Hanging Chad thing? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just so interesting. But, the, and people say, well, okay, so with that, And the the problem is, people look at correlation and think it's causation. It's like, oh, well, during the last contested election, the stock market fell 10%, and oh my gosh, so if Mm -hmm. we have another contested election, I know there's going to be a huge dip. Well, I say, what if there isn't a contested election? Okay, so stocks, you missed out again, now you're playing that guessing game. But then the other thing that I look at is what happened in 2000? Oh, we were in the middle of the tech bust. The valuations were so high in the stock market that they had to come back to reality. It just so happened that we were in an election year. And I do believe that even if we didn't have a contested election, we still would have seen a decline in the stock market because the valuations were absolutely insane at the beginning of 2000. Yep. Yep.
1: And I'll never forget uh, a a great book, uh, David Dreamin', uh, the, gosh, I will... I forgetting. I can't remember the name of it, uh, the, the uh, contrarian investor.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and he had a, a thing, and there's some great scenarios. And he talks about every time you stick your arm out the window, a red car comes by. And you think that is, again, exactly what you're talking about. You think, well, that's, that's going to happen all the time. It has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with that car going by. And it's the same thing in the market. It's just like just because it happened before, you've got to understand it. And, and also, too, people say, well, this happened before. What were the valuations at the time? What else was going on? You can't just say it's going to happen again because of this. No, it, it, a completely different scenario. And also, too, what businesses are you on? You know, I mean, I. I- we've seen some businesses uh, that have, have done great and some of them terrible. And what's the valuation? So you got to look at the whole thing,
2: not just a little bit. And that's the problem. People act like there's, and, and you know, kind of talking about science, you know, oh, and I doing that word science, <laughs> now science is a that new word. Science. I, I, I'm talking about like experiments, <laughs> right? So if you look at data, you have like a perfect experiment is where you have a controlled environment. Yeah. I will tell you right now, the stock market elections, that is not controlled. There are so many oh, variables yeah. out there that cannot be controlled. The election is not the only thing that is going to impact the stock market. So, while you know there are correlations between different things, right. that's not the cause of it. And you have to understand the different items that are actually revolving around these different time periods as well. Exactly.
1: Uh, let's move on to existing home sales. And that's great here uh, that they rose at a faster than expected rate of nine point four percent September to an annualized rate of 6.54 million units, which was an increase of 20.9% compared to last year. And the big problem is inventory. There's a problem
2: with inventory, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is crazy. The in- inventory fell 19.2% compared to last year, and it now just sits at 1.47 million homes for sale nationwide. Problem here? That's just a 2.7 month supply of homes right now. That is so low. I mean, you go back to 1982 when this report started tracking this metric. It's never seen an inventory level that low. And what it looks at is saying, okay, so if we continue on at this this pace, we're gonna run out of homes for sale <laughs> on the market <laughs> in 2.7 months. There's just not a whole lot of inventory out there, but the demand remains extremely high. Extremely high. And, and
1: actually, tomorrow morning at 8:40, I'll be on KSI. Uh, talk about how to save money when you're selling your home because there's things you can do that people don't realize. So tune in tomorrow morning at 8.40 and I'll
2: talk about how, if you're going to sell your home, how to save money. Uh, let's also, too, talk about well, the... Well, I did want to talk about, too, the reason that the inventory is so low. Why is that problematic? Well, look at the home price gains. Oh, Compared yeah. compared to last year, home prices actually soared about 14.8%. The thing you have to look at here is incomes... Climbing at 14.8% to be able to afford <laughs> that increase? No, this is not sustainable. Prices are just rising way, way too quickly. And you know what I also saw today? The uh, 10-year
1: treasury is around uh, 0.82, I think it is. And they were talking how that is signs that the economy is getting better. So now you have two factors. You're right. You've got the higher price of a home. Wages are not going to keep up, and now you're going to have the rising price of uh, mortgages, uh, which is going to cost more money. So I think with, you know, this is a great time, I believe, to sell. I don't think it's going to last, and and I think that by next year there could be some problems because again, nice to, and again, I always say, hey, enjoy it now. Your house is up, you know, 14.8 percent. Congratulations, great. I do think it's funny. I'm going to give away a little bit what I'm going to talk tomorrow on KSI, and so funny, yeah, I sold my house at a great price. And I bought another house at another high price. So you didn't accomplish anything. You didn't win, yeah. and actually, you could actually lose more. Because say the house you sold at a great price was seven hundred thousand, and now you stepped up, bought a house for a million. Well, if the housing market drops just 10%, percent, you're losing that seven hundred thousand dollar house seventy thousand. The million, you're going to lose a hundred thousand. So let's move on to interest rates because again, we kind of talk about that. Low mortgage rates are great, but they're just one part of the equation for homeowners. Uh, look at an example. Let's say you buy a $500,000 home and need to borrow 400000 at 3%. This would be a monthly payment of about $1,686. Now let's say that home prices fall about 10%, which I think could, have, could happen. Things looked a little bit different when you look at that scenario.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at a decline of 10%. You can now get that same home for $450,000, and we need to borrow just $360,000 to put the same percentage down. So, again, you have to look at all the pieces of the puzzle here, not just the mortgage interest rate. There's a lot of different things to look at. But the thing that we're talking about is, okay, people are like, oh, you got to buy a home now because interest rates are so low. Well, as I said, that's one piece of the equation. Now, looking at that 10% decline, let's say interest rates do climb from 3% to 4% on that mortgage. Well, now, since the housing market fell in price, your mortgage, even at 4%, your monthly payment would be $1,718, so just about $30 more per month compared to the previous scenario. So, you're looking at, well, the mortgage isn't up that much, and you had to put less down for that Mm -hmm. down payment, and you have a higher opportunity to build equity because you got a better price on that home, so as I said, there's so many other variables here rather than just the interest rate on that mortgage. And I think too many people are succumbing to this idea of, "Oh, interest rates are low. I better buy a house." Right. The housing market's expensive. Maybe you shouldn't buy a house. Exactly. Maybe maybe you should sell your house and rent is what I, what I think is a good idea. Uh, the other
1: thing too in that scenario we didn't bring up too was. You buy a house at a lower price. What's also lower? Property taxes. You pay less in property taxes. So a lot of reasons to really look at. Like we're talking about the stock market, or investing. You got to look at the whole thing. Same thing in the real estate market. You got to look at the whole thing, not just like, wow, rates are low. Let me buy a house right now. You may be doing yourself injustice down the road, three, four, or five years. So.
2: I mean, it's, it's kind of like uh, if you got great margin rates on a stock. I don't care. I still wouldn't buy Amazon or Tesla. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it's too expensive. <laughs> uh, Tesla, we love Tesla, don't we?
1: know, <laughs> we, we got to tell the secret. Brendan just loves when we bring up Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to do talk about competing against Tesla, and I'm so excited about this, is the new GM Hummer. I'm so excited to see this come out. Uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures of it or the video. It looks great. According to GM, the Hummer will feature 1,000 horsepower. Zero to 60 in three seconds and 11,500 pound of feet of torque. This could put the GM into a new league to compete in EVs, including, I think, in blowing that pickup truck of Tesla
2: out of the water. I mean, It was so cool. If you see the video, they have this thing called like the crab walk where all four wheels turn diagonally. And they didn't show it for parallel parking. But I'm very curious if... It helps with parallel parking because Good. you're here and then you could just go back <laughs> right into the spot. I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then, I mean, geez, <clears> zero <throat> to 60 in three seconds. That is, wow. That's <laughs> Lamborghini speed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, the, the price of it is not cheap. I think it's 112000 is <laughs> what the price is.
1: Yeah. But, but he, you know, I mean, what's the price of the high-end Tesla? Isn't it like, what, by the time you options on it, yeah, all like, the it's options. Like, like 70 dollars like dollars I mean, I don't want to say it's cheap, obviously, but 112000
2: for what you're getting, um, I mean, it's not I mean, SUVs are, are, are not inexpensive by no. any means either.
1: And then, let's see, I saw, I think it was like a Ford Ranger. and I'm like, wow, that looks pretty good. Uh, not a Ranger, I think it was a big one, the F-150. Like, wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. I think the damn thing was $70,000 for, for a pickup truck. And it was yeah. beautiful, great interior, but, it, you know... Vehicles are not forty thousand dollars anymore. Yeah. So one hundred and twelve, yes, on the higher side, but not that far out. There.
2: Yeah, and I, I will say you talk about Tesla and it's like I know I've talked to people about even like the cheaper model, the the model uh was it the model S? Is that the Model 3. The Model, Model 3 was the yeah. cheap one. Um, but people were like, yeah, by the time I actually got everything I wanted, it wasn't 30000 it was 60000 <laughs> The thing about this Hummer is I guess GM is only making it a specific way. So every Hummer that they're going to produce for that first year is going to be white. It's going to have the same uh, specifics to that vehicle. So there's not going to really be any diversification there. And talking about that $112,000 mm-hmm. price there, they've already sold out all of their year of production. Yeah. That, I, I was the demand very, extremely high. I, I was so excited.
1: Like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and put my order in and so forth. Not only is it sold out, but when I went to the site to order it, it was blank. They couldn't keep up with it. I mean, it, it was just the demand was so high for that. So I might have to wait a couple of years before I get my big Hummer. And yeah. i just like, yeah. And I, I mean, it was just so cool. And the roof comes off it. Um,
2: it, it's got all these other bells and whistles on it. And it's got a bed for you know, like a, a truck, so you can just put things in the bed of the. Oh, if I you, you meant a no, bed no, to sleep in, like no, for camping. A, <laughs> I know. I was like, I was trying to think of how can I say this properly, but yeah. So you got like that outdoor type bed thing. You got that combination almost with the jeep, yeah. where you can take off the panels. And I remember my sister used to have a jeep, and right. it was so annoying because you had to take the panels off, and you had to know where to store them. Yeah. Well, with the Hummer, there's no engine in the front, so you store those panels in the front of the car. I mean, it, it is so cool. And it's going to say, where's the engine? But I forgot. It's an electric vehicle. <laughs>
1: That's the only thing that worries me. I'm, I'm afraid of electric vehicles because I, I just like the sound of that exhaust and so forth. And it just... Kind of worries me, but I was thinking I could get rid of my Escalade
2: and my pickup truck because that does both, it sounds like. Yeah, and and I mean, again, we're not a a car show here, but just kind of talking about GM, we we like GM because it's been so out of favor, and it's such a great company. Mary, Mary Barr has done such a great job running it, and she gets no credit. The company gets no credit, but this is a type of investment that you look at saying, wow, it's really out of favor, but they're doing a great job, and I think that they are further ahead of Tesla in terms of EV than people think. I I, I believe so, too, and, and, and actually- I don't want to say further ahead, but competing
1: very competing, strongly yeah, on, against Tesla. on the same level, yeah. and, and, and just because their stock doesn't trade at a gazillion time earnings doesn't mean it's, yeah. it's <laughs> on the same level. But the other thing, too, that I forgot is that, you know, and General Motors has this cruise uh, automation. Mm-hmm. That is also in the Hummer, and it showed that you can be in the car, uh, in the Hummer, and put it on cruise, and it can actually pass vehicles on the road. Now, it says certain roads, which I don't know what that means. Maybe it can't do, like, freeways because there's too many lanes. But another thing that General Motors has, and I believe, didn't Honda or somebody invest in part of that? Gave, like, General Motors, like, a billion dollars or something? So cruise automation, another thing that General General Motors owns, and I bet you that dividend is going to return, I I think, I'm, I'm hoping, when they report earnings, I think they're going to return.
2: Yeah, I know. We, we had a question from uh, uh, Jason Roos on on the the dividend. And I, I really do think that they will return that dividend soon because car sales have been much, much stronger coming out of the pandemic than I think a lot of people thought. So I think they're going to report a very good quarter. I think they report next week even. So very excited to see that. I hope they bring up the dividend. I mean, that dividend, gosh, I think you could have bought GM in, in the 20s. I think it was below. I, th- I think GM fell to like 15, 16, yeah, and we
1: can kind of look real quick check here. It, real quick, just because I am because, curious. Um, and again, we talked about this back in- 14. Mar- 14. See, <laughs> 14. I thought it was 14, yeah. yeah. Um, and just and we talked about this saying, okay, the dividend's gone on not just GM, but other companies, and just imagine your yield when they bring back that dividend. So if you were smart and invested at that time, you're going to do well.
2: Because I think the dividend was around 5% at 30, and I could be mistaken on the exact numbers there, but I know they have a very nice dividend. So, again, imagine your yield on a $15 investment in GM. They bring back that dividend. Jeez, your yield's going to be 8%, 9%, 10%. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, gosh,
1: I love equities.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, uh, phone numbers here, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866 577 2473, and as always, that'll get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion, and Brennan's looking at me like, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong, if I'm, okay, no, okay, I thought maybe I forgot something, but what we are going to do is that we do have... Uh, uh, we got emails. We get we get on Facebook. Let's look at the Facebook uh, thing from John on Facebook. He wants to know about uh, KMB, which is Kimberly Clark. Uh, let's take a look at that one. There we do see not a bad start because the P/E ratio is 19.9 versus 30.2. Price to sales 2.5, about half the industry of 4.4. Unfortunately, no price to tangible book value, but that is the same as the industry. And then price of cash flow checks in at 15. That is about 20% lower, about 10% lower than the uh, uh, industry at uh, 19. We do see a nice dividend, 3.1%. You 61% of earnings have paid it out. That is very good. Sales are up 2.5%. Industry up 7.7%. I'm kind of surprised on that because I thought Kimberly Clark had... Kleenex and toilet paper, but uh, I guess a big boom on toilet paper was maybe last quarter. Uh, We do see uh, earnings that were up uh, a 17.3%, above the industry at 14.4%. Current ratio, one, below the industry at 1.4%. I don't get this here. Debt to equity, 2,506 versus 111 for the industry. So I think the company has high debt and perhaps a very, very small amount of equity. And remember, a lot of that equity is in intangible assets which could be written down. Now, here's another strange one. Return on equity is 2,433 versus 46. Again, kind of confirming my notion that I think the equity is probably like $100 or something really ridiculous. Net profit margin checks in at 12, just below the initial 14.5. Receivable turnover is 8.5, below the industry at 10.9. And inventory turnover 6.6, very close to the, the uh, industry at 6.3. Chase, what about
2: the earnings going forward? Yeah, I was going to kind of bring up the toilet paper thing. I do wonder if people are stocked up on enough toilet paper to get us through the <laughs> next two years. You know? That could be. That could very well be. I saw this thing, too, on Facebook. It's so funny. People were like, oh, you know, uh, people say Americans aren't emotional and won't be afraid. Well, what happened during the toilet paper rushes <laughs> And It's like, oh, okay. Very good point. <laughs> it was interesting. But anyways, let's look at the numbers here for Kimberly Clark. Current price, $136.88. 52-week high, $160.16, and 52-week low, $110.66. So, you know, kind of in the middle of that 52-week high and low. Well, let's go out to December 2021. I see estimated earnings per share of $7.85. Unfortunately, using our 16.2 multiple, we'd get a target sell price of just $127.17. So even with the pullback here, John, I'm I, I, not a fan of it. Yeah, and it, did have, you, you, it was a higher 160 probably because of the toilet paper thing. A uh, great name,
1: great company. I think they also sell, sell diapers and stuff as well. But it, it again, good business, just too pricey. So go on, try to find a, a business that is a good price. So thanks for the uh, the comment on Facebook, uh, John. We appreciate that. Let's uh, go to our phones here. Uh, let's see. We're going to go here out to uh, San Diego and speak with Rose. Rose, you're in the Smart Investor Brent Chase. How can he help you?
0: Hi guys, thanks for taking my call. I'm wondering about a uh, uh, stock, Sachem Capital. Symbol is S A C H. Okay. And they are a hard money lender, um, and uh, they they make their borrowers give them personal guarantees, so that that might be a good thing, and their, their dividend is really high, which makes me suspicious, but I would like your opinion of them.
1: Yes, yeah, so sometimes they do that, and hard money lenders I'm, I'm not a big fan of because when things, if they slow down, they really uh, can get hurt. And you said they make the, lend, the lenders or the borrowers? They're lend,
0: they're hard, no, they're hard money lenders, um, and they, uh, when they lend their money, they make the client give a personal guarantee on the loan.
1: And, and I guess because I, I, I mean all banks kind of do that. I'm, I'm not sure what what um, because when you well
0: so, sometimes um, they just take the colli- take collateral um, oh, rather oh, than
1: okay. So the collateral plus the, the 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 loan. Okay. Well, let's take a look at uh, Sachem. 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 Is that what you say? Sachem. Sachem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sachem Capital Corporation symbol is S A C H. Uh, not a bad start here. P/E ratio 12.7 versus 20.3. Price of sales was very expensive, 6.4 versus 1.7. Price to book value, 1.1. That's very good compared to the industry at 2.3. And price of cash flow, 12.6. That is double the industry at six. So the cash flow looks a little bit of a problem there. And I think because this is a a financial company, I think they pay out a lot of their dividends or a lot of their earnings. The yield is 11.2%, but they use 98%. The earnings to pay that out. What worries me with something like that is that they don't have a lot of money left to build the business and, and other things. So that, that is concerning, even though it's a good dividend. We do see sales are doing very good, up twenty-two percent above the industry at 0.5 However, earnings per share fell by twenty-one percent when the industry was down forty-nine percent. So I would want to know why were sales up so much and earnings are down so much. What is going on there? Maybe using that some of that money to uh, advertise or grow the business, but you want to understand that before you invest in the company. It is a financial company, so the balance sheets are a little bit different here. Uh, no current ratio. Debt to equity, 67 versus 224 for the industry. That is good. Return on equity, 9.8 versus 8.2. Net profit margin, checks in at 50.5 versus 8.6 and that's just crazy i I, I don't see how you can have that hyper profit margin you really want to look at the income statement to see how are they getting to that because it could be gain the sale assets could be something else crazy on there that you invest in the stock because I think it's good then a year from now it falls because the earnings aren't
2: there we see what turnover is nine versus 1.6. Chase, tell us about the earnings going forward. Yeah, so current price here for Satcham Capital is $4.30. A 52-week low, $1.20, and 52-week high, $4.69. Now, one problem I have with this company is it is extremely, extremely small. The market cap is just $95 million. Oh, wow. So it is very, very tiny. makes me wonder, where are they lending who are they lending to? What are the credit scores of those people they're lending to? I mean, there's definitely a lot of research I would have to do on this company to see who are they lending to. Again, I always bring up to people, with the 10-year note, at, as I said earlier, what, 0.82%? Yeah. Money is very inexpensive right now. It always worries when people go, oh, it's backed by this and that. It's like, well, why do they have to go to hard money lender? I, I would want to understand who are they lending to. Next up, we look going forward to uh, 2021. I see the average estimate for earnings per share is $0.34. out. would give us a target sell price of $5.51. But again, the problem is with being such a small company, there's just two analysts following it. So that is the big concern I have here is how reliable is that data? Being such a small company, there's a lot of research you really have to do on your own here, Rose, because there's not a whole lot of following for this business
1: and also too i always wondered too, like okay they're hard money lenders what are they lending money at if it's like eight ten nine you know ten percent or whatever that's very expensive as you talk about rates are so low so those borrowers yeah they may have a personal guarantee as i said but the chances of some of them not paying is very high uh rose what attracted you to this stock
0: you know i heard about it on um and i don't remember where okay. but uh i just heard, heard about it and um so I looked it up and just, I was skeptical because the dividend was so high. But, right. uh, you know, a lot of other things checked out. So I wanted your professional opinion, okay, which well, I trust.
1: Well, and, and I think you're right, being skeptical. You saw something's not right. And that's why, you, you know, investors, sometimes I'll kind of make an excuse to get into it. I think your skepticism is good to have that. Um, and I would not recommend this company. I, I think there's other companies out there. Maybe you won't get the 11% dividend, but I think, you know, 12, 24, 36 months down the road, uh, you'll probably make some money. Your money will be here versus this company. Yeah, kind of risky. All righty?
0: Okay, thank you.
1: Thanks for calling, Rose. Have a good one.
0: You take care. Bye bye. All righty. That
1: does open the phone line, 866 577 2473. Again, that's 866 577 Two, four, seven, three. Let's go down to Bonita and speak with Milt. <clears throat> Milt, you're on the Smart Vegetable Brent and Chase. How can we help you? Oh, good morning, guys. I'm glad to get you guys back from the football game last week. I was calling. I'd like to hear you guys instead of the football game. But anyway. Well, call the my, station my, tell my, them that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, my question is on Tyson Foods. Ty- uh, symbol is T-S-N. Okay. And do you hold that or looking at buying it? I do. I do. Okay. Yep. You're down. What do you stand? Uh, I'm down. Okay. All right. Well, and, and Tyson Foods, I mean, they had a, a, a difficult time through the coronavirus because what was happening is that uh, a lot of, I, I think it was like, I'm going to say May or June, a lot of the uh, packaging workers were starting to get the, the virus. So they really had to right. spread out the, the way they were doing it, and it's really kind of hurt their production I do believe, you know, probably will come back because it is a food company. But let's give you the justification with the numbers. Again, the company is Tyson Foods, similar T-S-N. is TSN. It's a great start here. P.E. ratio 12 versus 27. Price to sales 0.5 versus 1.3. Unfortunately, no price to tangible book value. It's the same as the industry. And I do know Tyson Foods does have a lot of businesses that they bought over the years. We're going back to price of cash flow, 7.3 versus 16. That's very good. You took a decent dividend here, 2.8%, and they only used 34% of the earnings to pay that out. Now, we do see sales year-over-year year are up 2.6%. Industry was up 1.7%. However, earnings per share for Tyson Foods did fall by 17 when the industry was up 134. And I think what Tyson Foods pointed out, a lot more expenses had to come up this year to uh, you know, be safer with the coronavirus. Look at the balance sheet. You got a current ratio, 1.8 versus one3 told that to equity, 81 versus 76. I'm okay with that. Return equity for Tyson Foods, 12.6. That is above the industry at 9.3. Net profit margin, 4.3. That's below the industry at 4.9. And we see see receivable turnover very good, 18.9 versus 12.4. And inventory turnover, also good, 9.4 versus 6.3.
2: Chase, what about the earnings going forward? So current price here for Tyson Foods is $60.05. It has fallen off the 52-week high of $94.24, and it is also off the 52-week low of $42.57. Now, if I look out to September 2021, because this company reports on a fiscal year, they have estimated earnings of $5.86. That would give us a target sell price of $94.93. Now, the other thing I get excited about here, Milt, as I said, they report on a fiscal year. Well, we're in September, the September quarter, at least, for what they're reporting. So when they report next quarter, or excuse me, I think they report in the next few weeks, then we shift out to September 2022. And here right now, just kind of a, a early estimate is $7.07. So we're seeing nice growth on those earnings, which is going to increase our target sell price again. So I like Tyson Foods. I think they're, they're doing a great job. People are still going to consume chicken, pork beef and yes they also are involved in the hybrid slash um plant-based meats plant-based and food. so forth yeah Ben. and again it's a food company it's a good it's a good
1: solid core holding in, in your portfolio you're not going to see it you know double in one year or whatever but i think when you look back you, when you hold businesses like this and maybe don't hold it for 10 years but these are the type of businesses that over uh, a, a 10-year period you can sometimes average 10 12 15 percent your portfolio but you got to be patient i mean i, I don't think it's going to move tomorrow all righty I guess they lost their uh, contract with Jack in
2: the Box. I didn't hear that one. Did you, uh, Chase? I haven't seen that just yet. So uh, we will yeah. have to see when they report. They'll talk about more about their contracts. You know,
0: this so was forth. this was last. This was a week or so ago. Yeah. Uh, that uh, they're not going to be
1: buying chicken
2: from Tyson. Hmm. Uh, There's a helicopter back. <laughs> <laughs> Are you by me? No, you're. you're uh... Sorry for
0: the helicopter. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you're down Bonita. Yeah, and I mean uh, I, I'm sure Jack in the Box. They're not a huge. Oh, part of the the revenue for the company. So that's why I look uh, typically to the quarter is they will discuss more about it. You'll see the headline of, oh, they lost the jack-in-the-box contract. Oh, my gosh. But when they talk about it after they report earnings, you'll find out more about how is that going to impact the business. So that, that's why I'm kind of waiting to see more information okay. from the CEO and CFO and so yeah, forth. And, that, and sometimes, too, that can be a good loss because uh, they're losing money on that
1: contract and they say, we want that contract gone. And, and they actually increase their profits because jack-in-the-box won't go higher, so they just say, okay, fine, you, you go find your chicken somewhere else. We'll find somebody else who so can get a profit on that chicken. So that's why it's so important to read the quarterly reports because it gives a lot of that information out for you. All righty? Uh, you got. It. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate your help. Okay, Mel, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, that does open the phone line, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866 866- 2473 Five seven seven two four seven three. But we do get emails and stuff on people don't want to come on air. Let's give you an email here on somebody that, that uh, actually wrote in. Her name is Vicky, and she says a realtor friend is touting this stock. It apparently delivers marketing resources, revenue sharing, and stock awards to real estate agents. The chart shows a massive increase since inception, but it has dropped significantly in the last week. Just curious about the fundamentals. Uh, thanks, Vicky. All right, so let's take a look at the company. It is uh, EXP World Holdings, symbol is EXPI. So let me put that in there. I've I've never heard of this company. Have you ever heard of this company, Chase? No, I haven't. And it's got an interesting twist, which I'm not sure is good or not because they want to give, what, stock awards to real estate agents for... I, I, I don't get the concept. So if this does come out good when we look at it, It's going to be one that you're actually going to look at saying, well, how's that working and so forth. But let's look at, uh, it is EXP, World Holdings Incorporated, Uh, symbol is EXPI, PE ratio, 444.56, not a good start, but the industry is not material. Price of sales stands at 2.6 versus 1.9. Price to tangible book value, 45 versus 1.3 and price of cash flow 288 versus not material for the industry, so very expensive here. Now what we do see is some good growth rates though, the uh, sales are up 61.5%, industry down 9.8, earnings per share, year over year for the last 12 months up 132, industry down 201. You got a pretty good balance sheet here, you got a current ratio of 1.8 versus 0.45, debt to equity is 3.3 for this company, Versus 275 for the industry. Return on equity is 12.4 versus a negative 3.3. Net profit margin not very good, 0.62 versus a negative 5.5. And receivable turnover is 22.8 versus 6.6. And Chase, I have a feeling it's a new company, low market cap. What do you see over there in the earnings going forward?
2: Yeah, well, current price here to begin for EXP World Holdings is $44.22, 52-week high $62.50, and low $6.51. I mean, this is, I I don't know if it's just skyrocketed with real estate because it's, uh, and I think it's almost like, it was exciting as a premise, and then all of a sudden it started on higher momentum. Investors got involved because, I mean, you look here, the market cap's $3 billion, which, which sounds pretty high, that's but pretty good. you take it down to $6.51, I mean, <laughs> wow, that's not such a large company. The reason I, I'm very skeptical of this company, I go to December 2021, I see estimated earnings per share of 47 cents. I would give us a target sell price of $7.61. I, I think this is just a big hype company. The momentum investors have gotten involved in it. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan. Yeah, and, and the thing I would want to look at, too, I mean, I think
1: Zillow does a great job. I mean, Zillow helps out agents, but also, too, so easy for consumers to use. I'm just wondering these marketing resources that it's doing, what are they? I mean, how much easier can it make than what Zillow has done for people when it comes to real estate? So, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this company either, and... It was exciting when you see a stock go from six to, what, 40, 62. Yeah. You're going to get pretty
2: excited, but that's the the momentum, the hype, not the reality of investing in a business. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's funny, Brendan actually pulled something up for us on Jack in the Box, and I Googled it because I was uh, interested in it as well. But I'm not sure if they lost another contract. I didn't see any news on that, but I did see Jack in the Box uh, is actually working with Raised and Rooted, which is one of Tyson's brands. To introduce an unchicken oh. sandwich. It'll be the first plant based chicken sandwich. So, uh, very curious to see what that's going to look like. And I mean, if that takes off, again, they're competing against Beyond Meat and the Impossible Burger and so forth. They have that and they have good distribution and so forth. So, very interested to see. What that deal with Jackson Box is going to look like? Again, we'll find out more in the conference call. And, and we don't, you know, Brennan can't hear this, but we want to say what a great job he does back over
1: there, pulling information like that. Don't be smiling; you don't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but he does a great job back there. He's on the ball with us, so we really appreciate that. All right, uh, let's go back to the callers here. Let's go out to uh, let's go to Ricardo in Spring Valley. Ricardo, you're in the Smart with Brent Chase. How can we help you? Um, yeah. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Taking my call. Sure. Um, I wanted to get a little bit more info on um, AT&T. Um, I'm planning for my retirement, and I plan on keeping them as a um, a
0: dividend stock to help me out for my retirement.
1: Okay, and and hopefully that won't be the only stock you plan on keeping for your retirement.
0: No, no, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Ricardo, let's look at the uh, numbers here for you. They come again as AT&T. The symbol is T. Not a bad start. I mean, the P.E. ratio, 18.3 versus not material for the industry. Actually, on this company, I don't show any industry uh, averages here at all the whole way down. So I'm going to just give you the the, the fundamentals for the company. Uh, we do see price to sales looks OK at uh, 1.1. No price to tangible book value and this company over the years has bought in so many companies. Their intangible assets are probably very, very high. We do see price to sales is 1.2. Uh, price to cash flow, 4.9. That's very good now you do like that dividend i see why the dividend's 7.5 percent but i gotta point out to you to pay that dividend right now it's taking 102 percent of the earnings to pay that out that's unsustainable so i think you could see a dividend cut with this company if things don't turn around we do see that they're not turning around the past year on the growth rates because sales were down 5.2 percent over the last year earnings fell by 28.8 percent uh, the balance sheet looks okay. you got a current ratio of 0.84 and a debt to equity of 90.5. Return on equity is 6.1. I'd like to see that higher. Net profit margin, 7.2. That's very good. And receivable turnover is 7.9. Chase, very curious on the earnings going forward, and there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts with at as well.
2: Yeah, I was going to say real quick on the dividend. Um, one thing I'd be interested in, Ricardo, is I, I know they've had, of course, the acquisition of, uh, you know, Time Warner, which included the studios and so forth. So they've had a lot of integration costs, which could be one reason why their earnings are depressed right now. If that turns around, maybe they won't have to cut the dividend. Now, on the other side of that, the uh, AT&T CEO came out and said theater reopenings, he's not optimistic about it and expects it to remain extremely choppy next year as well. Which is going to probably hurt their studio. So is that going to give them a cash crunch, so to speak, and really hurt with their ability to pay out that dividend? So there's a lot of moving parts just on the excitement around the dividend. But well, let's take a look here at the valuations. Current price twenty-seven dollars eighty-two cents. It is off that 52-week high of thirty-nine dollars and seventy cents, and still near a 52-week low of twenty-six dollars and eight cents. Now we go to December 2021. I see estimated earnings of three dollars and twenty cents. Get a very nice target sell price here, $51.84. So I like that. I like the dividend. But there are a lot of questions still to be answered about this business.
1: And, and also, too, I would kind let you know that uh, we, we were looking at AT&T probably, what, six months ago, Chase? Yeah. Uh, it's been on our watch list. And, and we just can't pull the trigger out. We, we put other companies in front of that we bought over AT&T. We, we just don't have a comfortable feel with that. I'm just afraid of of things not going well. In the, I think the debt has risen also. Did you say that, Chase?
2: Uh, No, they've actually done a pretty good job paying off debt, but then they also did take on debt for the Time Warner deal, but their their debt, I believe, has risen, but they've also gotten more in assets, so their debt to equity is actually much cleaner than it used to be. I know several years ago, it was like, oh... AT&T's debt to equity is very, very high. So um, I, I think they've done a good job with yeah, that. It's, it's still at 90, but it, 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 we, we, I we think just before it was like 200, 300. Yeah. I, so I that thing has come down. And, and just things that we hear and read, it, it just is not giving us a comfortable feeling. So i direct like TV is another one that they have, and they're having issues selling that's direct what it was. TV. Yeah. Yep. So there, there's just a lot of issues with this company. We, we just don't feel that's a, a great
1: buy. So I, I, I'd be very careful of investing into Ricardo just with a dividend, especially talking for retirement. Uh, you could be disappointed down the road. i hate to ha- see you have to go back to work because they cut their dividend. So be careful there. <laughs> <laughs> All righty? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the help, guys. Okay, Ricardo. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That does open the phone line, 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. Let's go up to Temecula and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Investor, Brent Chase. How can we help you?
0: Hey, good morning, Brent. Good morning, Chase. Um, and yeah, you know that GM at twenty-one dollars, like you mentioned, is seven uh, percent yield if they go back there buck fifty, uh, which is where I picked it up. So that was I was really pleased to to be able to do that. Um, but um, today, uh, let's talk about uh, a REIT if we could, uh, the Medical Properties Trust. Mm-hmm. The symbol is MPW. I'm still looking to find uh, something in that that, uh, the medical, uh, REIT, uh area.
1: Okay. So and not,
0: wondering what your thoughts are
1: okay. So you don't hold it yet. You're kind of looking for a read is what you're looking for.
0: That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's look at uh, medical property trust incorporated symbols. MPW pretty good start. You got a P ratio of 22. I say pretty good cause the industry is not material price of sales. looks very high though. 9.1 versus 1.9 price to book value. 1.4 versus 1.3. And price of cash flow fifteen point six versus not material for the industry. Now you do get a nice yield here of five point nine percent. They do use one hundred thirty three percent their earnings, but Chase will explain more about the difference of uh, funds from operations versus earnings. So that's a little bit different. He'll, he'll take care of that. We do see that uh, sales were up forty two point two percent year over year. Industry was down nine point eight, and earnings per share for middle property rate fell by sixty eight, when the industry was down two hundred one. No current ratio for the company. Uh, debt to equity looks very good, 110 versus 275. Return on equity is 6.8 versus 3.3. Net profit margin checks in very good here, 38.5 versus negative 5.5. And receivable turnout is 3.3. To 6.6. Chase, explain about the earnings going forward.
2: Yeah, so current price here for medical properties trust $18.30. 52 week high is $24.29, and that 52 week low $12.35. Now, as Brent mentioned, we look at FFO rather than earnings per share for a real estate investment trusts. Reason being is, of course, with real estate, you have a lot more depreciation and other types of expenses. So we like to look at the cash flow. Because again, those are non cash expenses there. But looking at FFO going out to December 2021, I see it's estimated to be $1.66. I mean, that would give us a target sell price of $26.89. I like the valuations here. I like the dividend you receive. Um, a lot of positives, and I, I like the space that they're in as well. I, I think there's a lot of concerns that I have around other real estate type plays. But I, but I like this type of real estate, and it's good diversification for the portfolio as well. Yeah, and, and with
1: REITs, you're not generally going to get a, a big boost. Again, what was the high for the price? Like $24. So you may get a bigger boost here. But when you buy a REIT, you get like a 5 6% dividend. If the stock increased by like a dollar or two for the year, I mean, gosh, that gives you a 10, 12%, 14% return. So you got to be patient with these REITs. But again, I like the medical property REITs uh, sector here, especially with the low debt on this yeah. REIT. All righty? <clears throat>
0: Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Take okay, care. John.
1: Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All mm-hmm. right. That does Bye. all on the phone line. 858. Where'd that come from? <laughs> 866? <Office 6-6-6-6-7? laughs> yeah, I know. Office line. 866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. And, Chase, we got callers. We got people from Facebook. Should we take a Facebook uh, question now?
2: Um. Yeah, we could take a Facebook question I think we had one here, from Jason. Uh. Yeah, we, we talked about Jason, the uh, the GM, but he was curious about Intel. Um. Gosh, actually, I think about now looking at Intel, they just had earnings, so I don't know if we'll have the, the data just yet.
1: Yeah. Let, let me pull it up and see if it's. Uh,
2: because see. I am curious to take a look here at Intel.
1: Yeah, I, I want to see it, and, and again, you know what? Uh, did he have another question just in case Intel is not updated? exactly well, when they report Thursday it was it Thursday? Um. Yeah, they reported on Thursday, I believe. Yeah, uh, Reuters was showing me me 627 last financial information. Okay, so we'll
2: have to hold off on Intel. But generally speaking, I I thought the Intel quarter wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. But I I think we'll hold off to talk about Intel until next week. He was curious as well about Blink as a play here. And that's B-L-N-K to see if it's a a good speculative growth stock, if we have any input on that. Let's
1: take a look Blink, you said, uh, Blink Charging Company. Is that I believe they're are charging stations. Yeah, yep. sounds sounds like it. Symbols, B-L-N-K. Uh, does look like a growth company so far because I'm seeing no P-E ratio versus 36 for the industry. Price to sale, 63 versus 2.5. Price to book value, 51 versus 2.6. And no price of cash flow. It tells you maybe they don't have cash flow yet versus 9.2 for the industry. No dividend, uh, I do see sales year over year of 57%, industry down 1.5, earnings per share down 39 when the industry was up 61. Looking at the balance sheet, a, g- a good current ratio, 1.6 versus 0.7. Debt to equity also looking pretty good, 15.9 versus 143. However, return on equity, a negative 127. Industry, a positive 5.9. Wow, net profit margin, a negative 265 versus a positive 702. We do say good receivable turnover, 14 versus seven. And inventory turnover, not as good, 1.7 versus 3.7. Is there any earnings for this company, Chase?
2: Yeah, well, just looking at the current price here for Blink, it is $8.60. 52-week high, $14.58. But that 52-week low, $1.25. So this stock, of course, is all over the place. Uh, it is another small company as well. Market cap's $273 million. Jeez, how big was this company when it was at $1.25? <laughs> but looking out to December 2021, I see estimated earnings per share of a loss, of 29 cents. So no positive earnings there. Definitely very speculative, very curious on on what their game plan is, so to speak, right. on the charging stations, <clears throat> how they'll be involved. I know Tesla, like they, they've kind of done their own charging network. Are other companies going to go that route? Or are they going to, you know, work with other companies like Blink, perhaps? Um, there's definitely a lot to it. It, it. It's just not something I would invest in. And you're talking about companies doing their own charging.
1: I would not be surprised to see Maribara from GM come out with something on that area as well. Yeah. I mean, and, and GM has how much in cash? 20 billion? Oh, billion. they got a lot yeah. in cash. Oh, a lot of cash. So that might be something else they could surprise us down the road with because they keep coming up with these different surprises over the years. So, all righty. Phone number is 866-577-2473. Gosh, I looked up. We only got like 10 minutes left here. Uh, let's head out to Escondido and speak with Paul. Paul, you're in the Smart Vet Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you?
0: Well, uh, Wells
1: Fargo, WFC. Okay, do you hold that or looking to buy it? Just purchased it. Oh good. Well, congratulations. Let's uh, make sure it's a good buy here for you. Company again is Wells Fargo and Company, symbol WFC. We do see a PE ratio of 62.6 versus 10.8, price to sales 1.3 versus 1.9, that's positive. Price to tangible book value very good, 0.65 versus 1.8 for the industry. And it tells you you're paying 65 cents on the dollar for the tangible assets of this business. Price of cash flow, 15.9. That is double the industry at 7.3. I would like to see that a little bit lower as well. You get a 1.7% dividend. They are using 390% of their earnings to pay that out. You have to look back at the earnings, what's going on with that. We know a lot of write-offs because of coronavirus. Those will not be reoccurring. We do see sales are down 21%, industry up 26 Earnings per share fell by 92%, industry down 32 We do see debt equity of 149. That's half the industry at 321. Return on equity is one versus 7.9. Again, a lot of write-offs uh, from the uh, uh, coronavirus is hurting banks right now. We do see a net profit margin 4.5 versus 17.3. Chase,
2: what about the earnings going forward? Yeah, so, current price here for Wells Fargo, $23.28, 52 week high, $54.75, and that 52 week low is $22. Now, if I go out to December 2021, I see estimated earnings per share of $1.96, would give us a target sell price of $31.75. So, I like that valuation. But the other thing I want to point out here, Paul, I go up to December 2022, you see a huge increase <laughs> of earnings per share as it goes from 196 to 315 Now, more analysts are likely to come into that estimation as time progresses, but I do believe Wells Fargo will see the largest earnings growth out of any of the banks because they've had so many limitations placed on them. As those limitations start to get removed, and I do believe they are on that path with a new CEO, basically a whole yep. new team there. I think they could be a a big, big winner in the financial space. Yeah,
1: and I think I'd be patient with Wells Fargo. And I was very disappointed uh, that they had some some problems happen with like 100 employees or something, and and, and like, oh, the stock fell. It's like They've got how many employees? 200,000 or some outrageous amount, and you're gonna have any business gonna have the problems. But I think it merely brought back the terrible times of before, and like, oh, they haven't cleaned anything up. They have. I'm sure those people are long gone by now. As Chase pointed out, a great management team, also, too, there's accounting things going for that's be very beneficial. I, I think being a Wells Fargo for the longer term is a great place to be, but you got to be patient.
2: And, and I hate to say it, but I, I do believe there's going to be other banking problems with, with, with Wells P- Fargo. No, or no, no, or not Wells Fargo in general, because the PPP, which is where they had issues, was. Just such a rushed process to get money into the economy, get it to businesses, and really there wasn't a whole lot of guidance on how it was supposed to happen, I guess, because it happened so quickly, and we needed it in the economy, but I, I do worry... Over the next couple of years, people are going to come. Go, oh, that was unfair. And I, I do think we are going to see some negatives on that. But it is a very small part of the business for yeah. these banks. Yeah. So I'm going to say uh, congratulations on your purchase, there, Paul. But uh, be patient. You might see the
1: stock go up and down crazy. But I think if you look down the road and come 2022, you're like, wow, I'm glad I did that back in 2020 through that craziness. So congratulations, Sarah.
0: Okay, thank you. Hopefully hopefully, real estate uh, stays steady in forbearance and anyway know yep. exposure might be thing to look at but thank you very much
1: you're welcome have a great one bye-bye all right I think we got time for one more probably you might have to hurry up a little bit I, I forgot who was up next here let's let's go out to um, uh, let's see uh, San Diego and uh, speak with Ed Ed you're in this morning Ve Brent chase how can I help you
0: hey great show uh, my question is hPE you would packet at HP they announced gentlemen uh, a growth for the next quarter 34 cents I believe and uh, so I don't know if that's a true statement they projecting uh, uh, a big growth for the next quarter anything that you can enlighten me with okay well
1: let's go with the numbers And I wouldn't get too excited about some big growth the next quarter we're more concerned over the next uh, you know 12 18 24 months but let's look at the numbers to see if it's worth even playing with uh, this company. company, again, is a uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprises company, or yeah company, uh, symbol HPE. Not a great start here, Ed, because the P.E. ratio is 119 versus 25. We do see price to sales does look good, 0. 0.45 versus 0. 0.6. No price to change in book value. That is the same as the industry. And price to cash flow is 4.5 versus 7.6, so that's good as well. We do see a 5% dividend, but they're using 484% of their earnings to pay that out, price some accounting things there. you got to understand if that's going to go away, you'd hate to buy this company and have them cut that dividend because their earnings are not coming back. We do see sales are down 9.6% year-over-year, industry down one3 Earnings per share fell by 93%. Industry down 37%, so I don't like seeing them doing you know worse in the industry there. We do see the balance sheet, uh, current ratio one, same as the industry, but debt to equity, 120. Now, this is a high debt industry of 238, but 120 debt to equity. I start getting worried a little bit that you're getting too much debt. I would want to see that debt is being paid down or what they're doing with that debt. Return to equity, 0.74 versus 16.92. Net profit margin, 0.5. Versus 2.4 and receivable turnover 9.3 versus 5.8. And inventory turnover, that's because the industry has 6.5 to
2: 8.2. Chase, what about the earnings going forward? So, current price here for Hewlett Packard Enterprises is $9.48, 52 week high, $17.59, and 52 week low is $7.43. Now, if I go out to October 2021, I see estimated earnings per share of $1.52. Give us the target sell price here $24.62. So, I mean, that looks very, very attractive. Um, There's a lot that I would want to understand, though, with this business. I know that Hewlett-Packard split into two different kind of entities several years ago. Curious what is happening with this business. Mm -hmm. I would want to know more about what exactly are they doing in terms of contracts or business? What is going on in that industry? Because the valuations are great, a little concern on the debt. But I think there could be some opportunity here.
1: Yeah, this is like all businesses. But this business specifically, you really got to understand what is this business now? I, I know part of them, I'm not sure if this is it part of them got the um, the uh, printer, the, the the cartridges and stuff. Well, I don't know if that's good, because I know it's reoccurring revenue, but eventually I'm concerned that's going to drop. So it, you really got to spend some time with this uh, here, Ed, to really understand the business, because there is some reasons to buy into it. It looks like a good value, but you'd hate to buy a business that is going to not be able to grow, and it just continue to decline. It's what we call a value trap, so be careful of that.
2: They just got the buzzword here that they do stuff in the cloud, so it's oh, okay. in the cloud. I don't the know. cloud. I, there might be opportunity. <laughs> so check it out there, okay, Ed?
1: Thank you. All right, thanks. Th- thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye bye. Okay. All right, well that pretty much wraps it up. So uh, let's see, Bruce in San Diego, John in Coronado. Uh, give us a call back next week. Uh, we did. So we had some other on Facebook. Uh, Want to know more about GM stock? We'll have to do. Uh, that next week you know gosh we could probably use two hours but it's just um
2: I know and I was gonna say too I mean if you miss part of it there uh Karosha we did talk a lot about GM in the beginning of the show so you mm-hmm. can listen to the podcast I mean I think you could derive uh, a lot of what we think about GM from from earlier <laughs> right in the show <laughs> yeah so yeah some people
1: might might, might tune in at like nine thirty or whatever so but you can always listen to the show uh, on all the podcasts so All right. Well, there's a closing bell. Thank you for listening to Smart Investing Show. It is for informational purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs or have other investment questions, feel free to call myself Brent Wilsey or Chase Wilsey at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. Or visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information on investing tips, go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent and Chase Wilsey. Today's show is sponsored in part by Thomson Reuters, Refinitive. Closing song is performed by local entertainer Roman Palacios. Have a great day. We'll talk more next Saturday right here on the Smart Investing Show.
0: This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management.